time for your weekly dose of nostalgia with the 80s and 90s uncensored. I am Violet Ennison. And yeah. I don't know, I was going to start introducing you there for some reason, but then I stopped myself. Well, I could introduce myself. I don't need no man. <laughs> All right. I'm Jamie Fenderson. I don't, and I don't need no man. And today we're going to talk about hip hop. Something we're well versed in, as you saw there by that rhyme Jamie just laid down. <laughs> Did I? Was that a rhyme? Oh, oh, I thought you were trying to rhyme. No, I was just telling you I don't need no man. I okay. can introduce myself. That's all. Oh, I see. I see how it I, is. I, I was just getting sassy. I need no that's man all. To introduce me. Mm-hmm. But hip hop, I I came up with this idea because you know hip hop really per- started proliferating in the eighties and cemented in the nineties, and it's it hasn't gone anywhere. Like my son, his generation, his friends, hip hop's still there. It's kind of you know evolved and stuff but hip-hop's one of those things that just it has it's a whole kind of cultural movement that is still here very much so oh i would say it's bigger now even than it was back then i think i think it was the golden era back then but there's a lot of hip-hop artists out there now compared to back then yeah so i i thought maybe we'd go explore that a little bit because it's not it's one of those 80s and 90s things where you don't you look back and you can look back at the history of it but it's not one of those things that oh remember when it's like still here Mm -hmm. so this whole hip-hop thing they say started in like the bronx or 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 uh, was it the bronx in new york city in the 1970s exactly yeah so it started in the 70s in the Bronx, and it was basically just block parties. So they'd have DJs rolling out with their record players, plugging speakers into them, and they would hip hop to the music there. And there was a guy named DJ Cool Herc, who could be kind of considered one of the originators, him and a guy named Coke Rock. And um, they kind of, DJ Cool Herc was the uh hip hopper you know the the record player dj kind of thing he was the one mm-hmm. getting into that and then kula rock is really kind of like started the actual whole kind of the the rapping aspect of it yeah and so i guess the difference between that that also had the difference between like a dj and an mc mm-hmm. so the dj was the one who's scratching the records wait, and they wait, did a, wait, 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 wait. they did a lot of different kind of uh experimental things the dj's right with the scratching and the 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 mixing and the sampling they did all kinds of kind of very experimental kind of stuff but it always had that kind of that beat it had that background beat that the d or the mc could mm-hmm. rap to and the mc had to come it's they were like kind of like poets they come up with their their rhymes but back in the early days it wasn't as kind of gangsta or it didn't have a lot of the societal like stuff it was actually pretty fun stuff it was party time back in the like the early early hip-hop was really just party time <laughs> that's exactly it they were just out having parties i mean it was um low income a lot of low income a lot of uh unemployment and people just wanted to like have fun but they didn't have a lot of money and so they'd hang out and they'd party and it had kind of these pillars i guess the dj mm-hmm. making up the beats the rapping and then interestingly graffiti painting was an aspect of it of the expression and then breakdancing 
And it's interesting nowadays. So breakdancing is coming out as an Olympic sport in 2024. Next year in Paris, breakdancing will be in the Olympics. So, you know, that's that's huge. It's like it's an it's an Olympic sport now. And graffiti, like it's it's not just kind of tagging, you know, that crappy kind of oh, look at that stuff like graffiti art as a whole art form now. Mm-hmm. Like there are some hardcore graffiti artists that are really good. So it's not just music. It's art, culture. Hip hop is like a whole thing, man. Yeah. It's there's crazy. a whole culture aspect. And yeah, when graffiti is done nicely, I do enjoy it when it's yeah. right, the tagging or just the painting shit, you know, just ugling things up. That's I don't that's the stuff that pisses me off. Yeah. But like graffiti art. Oh, is yeah. Really cool. And and. You go to some places, have some really good graffiti art. It really adds cool character to the area, right? Mm-hmm. It's not just a bunch of spray paint. It's like legit. Yeah. Well, yeah. Nice murals and that kind of stuff. Absolutely. So, yeah. So in the 70s, it kind of started up and you had things like, and I think what really kind of kicked it into the mainstream probably would have to be maybe like Grandmaster Flash and the Furious Five often considered a very influential hip hop band. They um, were the first hip hop artist to be initiated into the rock and roll hall of fame. Grandmaster flash was probably one of the first ones to do a lot of that stuff that we associate with the DJing, the scratching, the forward, the back, you know, that kind of stuff. He's the one who really kind of kicked that off and then made that famous. And then of course, in 1979, you had the sugar Hill gang, with Rapper's <laughs> Delight. And that's, I think, when hip-hop went mainstream. Or at least people suddenly were like, oh, what is this type of what music? What is this? What? That was, a fun, that was fun, though. That's a fun song, dude. It makes me want to get up and be like, what's up? You can't sing it, though. I can't sing it. Can you sing it? Like, even oh, with no, the I... lyrics in front of me, I'm like, it's the hip-hop, the hop, the hip-hop, hop, hitty, hip, 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 hip. And you're like, what? What? I'm like reading it's... it, and I can't sing this song. <laughs> it's hard. <laughs> but it that's that's kind of the the early days when hip hop was really fun, like Sugar Hill Gang, and it, and and if you see the video, it's it's still a lot of funk, mm-hmm. and people are dancing. It's 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 very party like. And I forgot how long early hip hop songs were. Like Rappers Delight, that's a, that's a long song. Like it keeps oh, yeah. going. It is too. Yeah, you're like. Freaking and it's a, got man. three different MCs and it goes, it just goes and goes and goes. Cause I was listening to it and kind of like reading up and, um, and it was, it was sometime later. I'm like, this is still the same song. <laughs> Rapper's delight is still playing. So early hip hop was much more party like, um, and, and the songs were longer. The songs were kind of long. And I guess maybe it makes sense because if you're in a block party, Back then, maybe you just want to have longer songs because you you break dancing, you're just dancing or, and having a good time, yeah. And you just kind of want it to go on for a while, so it, it kind of makes sense. And I, I'm not saying it's a bad thing. There are some some things that go on a long time that I'm like that goes on too long, but I'm not saying it's a bad thing. It's just an observation. And and it is interesting because yeah, that early hip hip hop really did have that funk sound to it, which made it a lot of fun. And um, kind of brought it up, which is interesting because then we kind of get into the 80s and it really changes, I think. There becomes much more of a social 
message to it. And there was a little bit before, but it's really in the 80s where I think we start to see a lot of those political statements, the references to crime and drugism and uh, racism and, you know, a lot of the use of the promoting gang life, that kind of stuff to where like, I'm a hip hop artist because I'm like cool and I'm badass and I'm gangsta, that kind of stuff. So a bit of a different tone to it, I think. Yeah. And I think the 80s, they call it new school. Mm-hmm. So the the party time funky one was kind of old school, which, which I like old school a lot. But I think in the maybe the mid 80s where you have run DMC, LL Cool J, Beastie Boys. Yeah. And you had a lot more kind of like complex sampling. And I know the rap got, like you said, got gangsta or got kind of like. It got kind of like a lot of metaphors and it, it got more complex, right? The songs got shorter though, too, because I think this started playing on the radio and they wanted maybe have like radio friendly songs. So so they shortened it up a bit because the 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 funky old school ones that, that's pretty long for radio. <laughs> yeah, radios doesn't want to play a song that long. So you see a lot of that kind of shortened but more complex. And like you said, they got and this is what I remember about hip hop is a lot more like sociopolitical commentary about the hood and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Public enemy, I think was probably a big one. Uh, they came out kind of in the late eighties. That's where you started to really hip hop really started to, to get in maybe in the late in, in the nineties. Yeah. The nineties. Yeah. I remember it in the nineties. Cause even the fashion, the style, the, you you remember the the uh, graffiti style was huge. Mm-hmm. So I remember the early 90s, I think, is when it really came into mainstream. And even Debbie Gibson was like trying to get hip hoppy. Like other people who weren't hip hoppy were trying to get more urban, right? Let me in so, on this. Come on, I wanna, guys. Yeah. I can hip hop. Debbie Gibson. I'm What's cool. I'm hip. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, Public Enemy, Tupac. Notorious B.I.G., Snoop Dogg, who's still around. Snoop Dogg's everywhere. Yeah, he's like, awesome. Snoop Dogg, he'll be rapping, but then he's like hosting his own game show where he's cooking with Martha Stewart. I saw he had his own wine. I was a Safeway. Snoop Dogg's got his own wine now. <laughs> Snoop Dogg's just all over the place, man. He is, <laughs> dude. That guy's like everywhere. <laughs> like, he's so cool. Milo, you know me. I love my visits to the wine bar, but I'd like to expand my palate and find some nice sweet wines. You should check out staggeringunicorn.com. They have an exquisite selection of 34 different wines, each crafted with real fruit and no artificial ingredients. I suppose I have to go to the store to get a bottle. You do not, my friend. They conveniently ship their magical creations to 38 states, including ours of Washington ensuring everyone can enjoy the enchantment of sweet wines. And on top of that, for additional savings, they offer a Wine of the Month Club, adding an extra touch of delight to your exploration of their fantastical collection. Bro, I'm signing up. Where do I go? You can embark on a magical journey to the sweeter side of wine at Staggering Unicorn Winery at staggeringunicorn.com. So when did you start hearing and learning and listening to hip hop? Like for me, it was the Beastie Boys 
Like, I think that's when us, us poor white folk kind of started yeah. to hear about hip hop was the Beastie Boys and the, uh, you know, the Brass Monkey song. And you're like, Brass Monkey. Yeah, I, I really like the Be- Beastie Boys. And mm-hmm. I I think they're one of the like few white artists that were actually legit. But I also remember like LL Cool J, Run DMC. Oh, and yeah. They Run did DMC. that whole thing with uh, Aerosmith. Yeah, that was a Super Bowl halftime show. Yeah. And so they had hip hop and rock fused. Mm-hmm. Because these are two acts that you wouldn't think to see <laughs> doing a doing a collaboration, but it totally worked. So I think maybe that's when I I I started to to realize, you know, as a kind of economically ch- challenged Caucasian American, is is those those guys. But I also remember the '90s, of course, MC Hammer. Yeah, you know, kind of the bubblegum hip hop. Uh, MC Hammer. I I don't think that I nowadays I can appreciate like the hardcore gangster rap a little more maybe because if you listen to the lyrics it's kind of like NWA or or whatnot or even kind of Ice T. But of course when I was a kid MC Hammer I mean he had a cartoon and and then Vanilla Ice who was not I don't know if you could even I, I don't know a lot of like he's not mentioned in hip hop circles much because. People think he's so bubblegum and and so like pandering to like white kids that maybe he doesn't count. Yeah, yeah. And we should mention sampling too, which kind of started off in the 80s. And this is where uh, artists would take samples from other people's songs and they would Mm -hmm. include it into theirs and remix it and stuff like that. And there was a lot of arguing around that because like, is it copywritten? Is it not copywritten? And nowadays, the reason why we don't see a lot of sampling is because they've actually decided that, yes, that is copywritten. So if you are going to sample somebody else's music, you do need to pay royalties on it, um, which is why we see a lot less of sampling nowadays. Yeah, but back then, especially in the 90s, um, you had a lot of that kind of sampling. And I don't know if I, I mean, I kind of agree with it. Like if you're going to sample, then I remember like a lot of the rappers were like, yeah, I'm sampling this song. Like or I I got inspiration or I'm using the beat from this song and they just admit it. But like Vanilla Ice with his Ice Ice Baby, who with that obvious sample of Queen's song, and he's like, no, 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 yo, yo, it's different. It's like that's totally different from and it's just it's full of crap, dude. Just just say what it is. That's fine. If you're going to sample other songs, that's fine. Just just say that that you did. Yeah. Just just be like, look, I like the I like the beat. It works for the song I want to do. Of course, I'm sampling it. Absolutely. And a lot of people made a lot of money doing that. The, the, the catch, though, I think, too, with a lot of rap and hip hop is there is a certain aspect of the I think is valid that people complain about with is excessive use of the N word. There's a lot of misogynistic behavior in it talking about like you know women in a demeaning manner from a lot of like the male rap artists making gang life sound cool like you know i'm cool because i'm in a gang and that kind of stuff Uh, i know there are some people like queen latifah kind of fought against that a little bit with some of her music calling out domestic abuse and that kind of stuff um and i do see i i get that like because if the n-word is a bad word you know and then you come out with music that includes it you want people to buy and sing along with your songs 
But like as a white person, if I'm singing along, I got to kind of stop at that word and skip that kind of a thing. (laughs) Otherwise I'm, I'm a racist for singing along with the music. You know, it's, it's, it's a weird, it's kind of, it's a complex issue, probably more complex than us having this discussion on this podcast. Yeah. Yeah. But, um, well, and a, a lot of, a lot of people say, and even hip hop artists themselves, and maybe a lot, some academics say that a lot of this kind of gangster and hoes and guns and money, 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 all this kind of stuff. A lot of that's not even for black people or people of color. It's for like suburban white kids. Do you know what I mean? Suburban white boys who for some reason think they're so gangsta and it's really for them. And a lot of the like people of color who live in the inner cities don't really pander to it. Like they, that's not even their thing. It's, it's really for white boys. (laughs) That's what they say. Yeah. Oh man. What was that song? Remember there was a song that was out. It was by basically a white guy and it was like, he was doing kind of a hip hop rap song about being a white guy, like two fly. No, not too fly for a white guy. Um, freak. What was the name of that song? I haven't heard that in forever. I have to think about that. Yeah. Yeah. But there's another like white artist that was really popular mid to late nineties, Eminem, otherwise known as Slim Shady. Yeah. He's another guy who's considered like legit because his rhymes are legit and it's from the heart and all that. Mm -hmm. So I think Eminem is really good. And it shows that you can be a white rapper. You could be white and be into hip hop without, being like <laughs> like still getting the spirit of hip hop as opposed to like trying to weasel your way into it or something. Do you know what I mean? Absolutely. I uh I, yeah, I like I like him and I'm actually I'm not a, in general I'm not a huge fan of like hip hop and rap. Uh but there are like 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 you mentioned Snoop Dogg. Uh he's great. I like him. I like Eminem. Um there's a few oh um man Lauren Hill Remember when oh, the yeah. miseducation of Lauren Hill came out? Mm-hmm, that album mm-hmm. was freaking huge. Yeah, it was big. Yeah. It was big time. I so I kind of like the old school hip hop myself. Yeah. Like the late 70s, early 80s, like even Africa Bambetta, I think that's how you pronounce <laughs> it. I the old old school hip hop where it's like they're dressed up all weird. They had a song. He had a song called Planet Rock. Uh-huh. It's kind of new wavy too. Like I think it influenced new wave music. It's got a lot of those electro beats going on. And he's dressed up all sci-fi and, and his bands dressed up all like Indians and stuff. It, it's, it's crazy. <laughs> but I like that old school hip hop, I think, because I think that's when it was fun. That's when it was for parties. So if you're going to ask me, like, I remember the golden age of hip hop because that's what I grew up with. But if you want to know what kind of hip hop I really like, it's definitely old school hip hop because old school hip hop was a lot of fun. And I think that's when it started. And that's when you had breaking. That's when you had the parties. That's before it got too serious with the social commentary and the gangsta stuff. It was just a lot of fun. So. I think maybe you even see a revival of that too. Like a lot of hip hop nowadays, a lot more fun like that. I think you're right. I think it is going back around and I agree. Like it's, 
it, it brings you up, you know, and I get the social commentary and the need for it with a lot of like the kind of 80s, 80s hip hop and stuff uh, to call out issues that people experience in the country and stuff like that. But for me, like, you know, I want to I want to dance and sing along and have fun and kind of that like funky hip hop stuff is fun, you know? Yeah. And it's the same, I guess, with any genre that gets a little too heavy on itself. I mean, because you've seen this with other other genres, too, or other cultural movements where it gets it starts to get really heavy and then it it starts to define itself by its struggle and stuff as opposed to having just having fun. Yeah. So that's why I like old school hip hop, like the the Sugar Hill Gang and <laughs> all those kind of old school like like early 80s because they're just fun, dude. So I and I think you see a lot of that coming back with today's hip hop. That How more, would more you that, know you don't listen my, to modern music. But my son and his friends do. Oh okay. so sometimes I'll listen to what they're listening to because they'll be hanging out downstairs or whatnot. And I'm out of the way. I'm just the old guy. I'm just I'm just made him some snacks. I'm good at Oh, of your dude, way. you need to next time they're listening, you need to go kind of walking into the room in your robe and stuff and kind of start dancing along. Huh? Who says I don't do that? <laughs> <laughs> if you don't, you should. That'd be awesome. <laughs> yeah. But they but they also we thought our audience would be people our age and our gender and our race but what i found is even when we analyze like hey who's listening to our podcast there's actually a chunk of young people listen to our podcast and their young people listen to kind of old school hip-hop too sometimes i'll hear it in their mix however they mix now it just happens digitally they have a mix yeah mixtape but it's not a tape it's like yeah, just a playlist on their yeah Spotify or whatever. Yeah, or or even it just comes up with things. Yeah, like and they, the recommendations and stuff. Something yeah. like mm-hmm. this, and and sometimes you'll hear like some of their new stuff sounds old school hip hop. Like the, it's very hip hoppy and it's kind of sounds old school, kind of party like. So I think it's making a comeback, which I, which I like. I like old school hip hop, and I'm glad it's kind of making a comeback. But hip hop's huge, dude. It's crazy. It's not going away. It's it's now it's kind of up there. It's one of the like m- number one music styles out there. I mean, you've got so many musicians doing hip hop. Uh, we're just not hip to it. By the way, the guy I was thinking of is it. It's not a hip hop song. For some reason, I had "Rock in the Suburbs" by Ben Folds. Remember that song? "Rock in the Suburbs," just like my dad used to do. Yeah, that does not sound like hip hop, bro. I'm it, sorry. It's, it's, it's not hip hop. It's like the whitest white guys, you know, trying to <laughs> yeah. do it. But it's a fun that song should, for that reason. Yeah, that yeah. should not have been allowed to be mentioned in this episode. I'm sorry. <laughs> I know, totally. Ben Folds <laughs> is going to email or contact us. He'll be like, dude, don't include my song in that. It It's, you're, yeah, it's embarrassing. Well, <laughs> okay. Yeah, sorry. But hip hip hop though is not just music though. I think it's a whole kind of cultural thing because you have music, but you also have art like graffiti and but you also have break dancing, which is not just a s- dancing anymore. It's a sport. It's literally a sport now. Like so, which is so me, funny because whole... I kind of thought break dancing died off at some point, but I guess not. Yeah, I thought it did too, but there are a lot of breakdancers. A lot of Japan, there's a lot of Japanese breakdancers, like a lot in Japan. 
So I think breakdancing is still here. And obviously, and it, it it's like good breakdancing is hard to do. Right. That's why it. it's an ath. No, because normal people can, you got to practice and it's an athletic thing. Like if you do a break, like you'll be doing your spinning move, like you have the up move and then you're on your back spinning around. And then suddenly you do a break in some weird pose. It takes athleticism. Like, like fat dudes like me and old dudes like us, like we can't just, we can't do break that. Down. We can't do it. Right. We can't just, I mean, we could look like we're trying, but we can't actually break dance. Well, we can do the robot. <laughs> Doing yeah, but robot. we can't do a full. You can't do a full break dance routine. Like you'll break your neck is what you'll do. <laughs> that'll that'll be Our the bro- broken part. <laughs> Look at that. He broke dancing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so there it is. The hip hop. The hip hop. All right, folks. I think we're gonna wrap it up there. Uh, you can always wrap follow it us. up. Ah! <laughs> you can follow us on the web at the 80s and 90s.com. And with that, we will say we are out of here to work on our new hip-hop album, Uncensored No More, featuring Mylormas D and Podmaster J. Look for it on your shelves. 